For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence, on infiltration instead of invasion, on subversion instead of elections, on intimidation instead of free choice, on guerrillas by night instead of armies by day. It is a system which has conscripted vast human and material resources into the building of a tightly knit, highly efficient machine that combines military, diplomatic, intelligence, economic, scientific, and political operations. Its preparations are concealed, not published. Its mistakes are buried, not headlined. Its dissenters are silenced, not praised. episode of Over the Line. Andrew McLean with you. Thank you for joining us, whether you're joining us live or you're listening on the podcast via Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Breaker, Radio Public. I've been working on memorizing all those. Wherever you're listening to us, thank you for taking the time out of your day to uh, pull up this show for an hour or so and hear what we've got to say. An exciting show lined up today. We really hyped up the president's speech last night. Hope you guys had time to uh, sit down and watch that very short speech and just off the top, my short synopsis of it, it wasn't anything that we haven't heard from the president yet. It was a lot of the same thing. Then there were some good phrases in there, like uh, people don't put up walls because they hate the people outside those walls. It's because they love the people on the inside or the fact that uh, the people that are most hurt by illegal immigration, not just the bad people doing bad things, but illegal immigration as a whole, is the African-American community. And that's something we've been saying on this show for a long time. And uh, it just gets dismissed time and time again. Not by you guys, but by the left. Dismissed as uh, a, a racist talking point. When it is absolutely true. 
for the people, and this doesn't just go for black people or the African-American community. This goes for all poor communities across this country that deal with, with poverty. When illegal immigrants come in, they come into these communities, and whatever jobs are there are available for, for people that are having to, to enter the workforce at, at you know, entry-level positions or whatever the case is, whether it's being a garbage man or, you know, mopping floors, cleaning bathrooms, whatever. The person that lives in that community, the American citizen that lives in that community, could say, hey, you know, I'd love to do this as long as you can pay me minimum wage, which is whatever it is, $8 an hour. And then Jose's like, whoa, 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 before you do that, I just need you to know, I say, I'll work for five. Then what are you going to do? The store owners have got, they, they, their number one job as a store owner is to watch their bottom line. And if they can save $3 an hour on an employee, you better believe they're going to do it. That's why illegal immigration hurts uh, the poor communities. Uh but as we go along today, we're going to break down what exactly happened last night. Uh, also, the Democrats' response last night as well, which was mm, something else. These guys, uh, <clears throat> these guys, I'll go ahead and say that, that they said some of the same old things. Really, with both responses, we got the same old thing. In a nutshell, it's the same thing they've been saying over and over. But there was something about it that it almost had this aura of, hey, this is our last pitch. This is the end of the line. We're going to make our, our last plea to the American people before we cut this whole thing loose. This is our last pitch. We're going to say it. We're going to put it out there, and then however you guys however you guys take it, whatever you want to do with it, this is it. After that, we're taking some strong action. Whatever that strong action may be, we don't know. We'll find out. We'll talk about that today. Uh, we're having some audio issues, apparently, on the YouTube side. Uh, if you guys can't hear me, which is what I'm being told... I guess we can try to fix that. I don't know. Y'all uh y'all give me some uh some responses. I don't know what's going on. Uh outside of that, we have plenty of other stuff. Most of the stuff and I know you guys get tired of hearing this border wall stuff, but we're getting to the breaking point. So it's almost like we can't let up on it. Yes, we want to move over to some different topics or whatever. But it's making it hard because we're at the point where something is uh something's about to cut loose, something's about to break. And once that happens, we um we're gonna be here for it. We're gonna be the ones uh we're gonna be the ones talking about it. So we'll uh we'll talk about that and uh, break down plenty of more things. I've got some stuff from Don Lemon and uh Chris Cuomo last night, and this is typical Democrat stuff, uh where these guys Literally had a conversation, and I, I think it was in the mix, or, or in the transition, should I say, between 
Don Lemon show and Chris Cuomo show, you know, they, they do that gay little handoff to each other and they do the big bro hug or sometimes they fight like little sisters or whatever. Uh, they started having this conversation and it was more Don Lemon than it was Chris Cuomo about how Donald Trump should be censored. Like when he does these presidential addresses that they should have this, you know, 60 second to a minute, de- two minute delay because people might actually believe the things he are saying. Seriously. These guys, obviously, they're in the business of censorship, but now they're at the point where they, they want to censor the president as he is, uh, as he's giving a, giving a speech, an address to the nation. So we got that. I'll play that audio for you. Plenty more. The uh, new representative in Congress that uh, called Donald Trump an MFR, she's responded to the criticism that she's gotten from her colleagues. Uh, That and much, much more on this edition of Over the Line. We'll go ahead and take a break. we got to resolve some issues real quick on the live front, but this will be a short break. We'll come back on the other side, keep this thing rolling. On this Wednesday edition, January 9th, 2019, Andrew McLean, OverTheLineShow.com. Don't go anywhere. On the mattress one and you hold me and we 
Yesterday, or the ex-president, whatever, whoever, he said, we will not pay for the wall, even consider paying for the wall. So, who's gonna pay for the wall? Who's gonna pay for the wall? Who's gonna pay for the, who's gonna pay for the, who's gonna pay for the wall? Who's gonna pay for the wall? Who's gonna pay for the wall? Who's gonna pay for the, who's gonna pay for the, who's gonna pay for the wall? So I get a call from one of the reporters yesterday and they said the president of mexico said they will not under any circumstances pay for the wall they said to me what is your comment i said the wall just got 10 feet higher it's true
Line, overthelineshow.com. We had some technical difficulties going on there, and I don't know if that was a YouTube thing or what. But for those of you that are listening live, you've missed that entire first segment, so now I feel like I've got to repeat myself. And so for the people listening to this on the backside that actually got to hear the first segment, you got to suffer through it. No, I'm just kidding. We'll just kind of give you a synopsis. So, as we mentioned... President's speech last night addressed to the nation, first one of his presidency, something all presidents do, kind of a tradition, and it's usually during a time of uh, maybe not necessarily crisis, but when issues, major issues are trying to be resolved in this country, uh, the president comes in and he takes his, takes his case straight to the American people. And that's what he did last night. The, the reason this is his first one in his entire presidency is because the traditional way is kind of a way of the past where he can just get on Twitter and fire off tweets and let people know what he, what he wants them to know now so he doesn't have to do that prime time address. Uh, but it's still kind of cool to see that. It's, you know, for those of you that have kept up with politics for most of your life, you remember seeing past presidents do this, and it's just a cool feel. You got the president, he's there in the office that he sits in every single day, and he's just serious business. Hey, this is what's going on. This is what we need for our country. This is what we're going to do. It's just, it's a cool thing, no matter what the president is, who the president is, Barack Obama, George Bush, whoever. Uh, so he gets out there last night and he lays it down. He doesn't really say anything that we have not heard yet, but he, he just points it out and says, hey, here's the deal. We got to have a wall. I, I was elected president because, uh, or I was elected president under the, the pretense that I'm going to protect the American people. And so that's what I'm trying to do here. I'm not trying to campaign. I'm not trying to bolster myself or feed my ego or anything. I am trying to protect the American people. That's all I'm trying to do. It's my job. It's what I was elected to do. And the same government that has that same responsibility that I do, they're the ones trying to prevent you, the American people, from being safe. So what I felt like last night, it was Donald Trump coming to the table or coming to the American people one last time and saying, hey, here's the deal. Just so you guys know, this is what I'm trying to do. This is what I'm trying to accomplish. Here's who is not letting me accomplish that. Here's what they've said in the past. Here's what they're saying now. They won't let us do it. I hope they let us do it, but I just want to let you guys know one last time. He didn't really say that. I'm paraphrasing. One last time, this is, this is what needs to be done. So it had a feeling of, hey, we're about to get down to the nitty-gritty and... Uh, we're about to bring an end to this border wall mess. And when I say bring an end to it, that means it's only just started. Uh, but it was a cool thing to watch, no doubt. Just five or ten minutes long. And then the Democrats come out and, th- and they give their response to the president's address. And it was the same old stuff again and again that they've said. The wall is ineffective. It's immoral, whatever. How about a wall being immoral? And every one of those people that are saying it have walls around their houses, which that's immoral as well, I suppose. As Donald Trump said, it's not people don't have. He pointed out that they've got walls around their house, and he said, and I don't, I don't blame him for it. 
He says, people don't put walls around their house because they hate the people on the outside. It's because they love the people on the inside. And they want to protect the people on the inside of those walls. So we got plenty to talk about on that front. First of all, breaking news that just happened this morning. Apparently, there is a new report saying Rosenstein is planning to leave the Justice Department shortly after William Barr is confirmed as the new Attorney General. Now, as you know, Jeff Sessions gets the boot. Ineffective Jeff Sessions gets the boot. Somebody we all loved when we sent him to Washington. He was a a good ambassador for Alabama. He was a solid conservative vote down the line. There were some things that uh, some of us disagree with him on, whatever that may be. But overall, a good conservative vote for Alabama, much more so than what we've got now in Doug Jones. Uh, it goes up and he, he decides to be Trump's attorney general. He, he almost he goes to Washington with a mindset if he's going to play fair, he's going to fight fair. And that ended up binding him in the rear end. And then ultimately, as, as the Russia collusion investigation spiraled out of control, Jeff Sessions effectively was asked to resign, which opened that spot. Now, this uh, William Barr will be taking his spot over the next few days and weeks. We'll have Senate confirmation hearings uh, with William Barr as he is questioned by by members of Congress. Uh, that actually, some of that will start today, but not in, the, in an official capacity. It's just going to be more like... Uh, him stopping by the offices of of members of Congress and chatting with them. So it's nothing we will directly see on TV or online or whatever. Uh, But Rosenstein saying, hey, I'm out after that. Now, we haven't talked about Rosenstein lately because there hasn't been a real reason. I think the last story that involved Rosenstein was uh, when we had the big blow up about him saying he should wear a wire when he goes into the Oval Office and speaks with Donald Trump. It's kind of a big deal because we know the the privileges and and the rules as far as like secretly recording the president, that's uh, that's a no-no. That article, that story broke, and he was forced to say, yeah, I said it, but it was in a joking fashion, like uh, people, you know, Asking me, hey, you know, president says these crazy things behind closed doors. And he's like, well, what do you want me to do? Wear a wire? Now, whether that's true or not, was it was never determined. But nonetheless, that was the last time we really talked about Rosenstein. But overall, if you ask me, Rosenstein is a snake in the grass. This guy, he appointed Mueller. He's overseeing the Mueller investigation. Uh, he's been tied and worked alongside the likes of Andrew McCabe and James Comey and the rest of, of these rats in the Justice Department for so long. There's nothing that's going to convince me that Rod Rosenstein's a good guy. I don't believe it whatsoever. Otherwise he would have demanded some oversight to this special counsel, this special investigation. Uh, him resigning has nothing to do with the White House asking him to resign, or it doesn't seem like there's any sort of blow-up that's causing him to resign. It seems that he 
planned on staying in that position for about two years, and then he wanted to bow out. It was kind of a pre-planned thing. He did allegedly want to stay throughout the Mueller investigation and ride that out. That doesn't seem like that's going to happen. But in the coming weeks or whenever uh, future Attorney General Barr takes his position, uh, Rod Rosenstein should be out. So we will uh, we'll see what that means. I don't know that there's going to be a lot of impact. It actually may help the Trump administration have one less rat out of the Justice Department. We'll see. We, all we can do is sit back and watch. So that's that's some of the breaking news today. There's nothing really uh, big about it. And, and maybe, listen, maybe it's a deal where Rosenstein's like, hey, I want to wait till the end of the Mueller investigation, but this thing is going nowhere fast, and I'm ready to take it to the House. I'm ready to retire, so I just, I'm done with it. I can't wait. It could take five more years. Maybe it's one of those deals. I don't know. But we'll keep our eye on it, see what happens. All right, now over to the address last night. First of all, the number here, if you want to get in, 646-668-2714. And for you guys watching us live, if you could uh, give me a heads up that you can hear us on the live stream, that would be uh, that would be fantastic. I don't know. I may not even have a, a chat room on this uh, live video. I don't know what's going on. The uh, the YouTubes are acting wacky today. Again, overthelineshow.com, social media, all on there, so check that out. Uh, a cool thing about the website, it, it, I've had people over the past couple of days message me and ask me, hey, uh, where can I listen to the show? Now, we posted on the social media and all that uh, to, to make it easy for you guys, but if you just want a central hub to go listen to the show, every single day the new episode is posted the audio and the video version posted right there on the website, right there on the front of the page, um, overthelineshow.com. Easy to figure out, easy to do. Uh, also, if you got questions about different uh, apps that you can use to, to consume the show, we can hook you up with that as well. All you got to do is fire off an email, andrew at overthelineshow.com. Uh, as I talked about in the... Um, the, the first segment, Trump is correct that black Americans are, are most hurt by illegal immigration, in particular uh, African-American communities that are stricken by poverty. These people are hurt by illegal immigration and not hurt in the sense of MS-13 gang members are physically hurting them. They're hurt economically by illegal immigration. It, it, it puts this downward pressure on jobs in that community, on wages, all this caused by illegal immigration. There was a, uh, the Center for Immigration Studies Director of Research, Stephen Camarota, he gave some testimony in 2008 before the U.S. Civil Rights Commission, and he revealed in his testimony that immigration hurts specifically poor and working-class African-American men the most. He said, in my own research, I found that blacks are more likely to be in competition with immigrants than whites. 
1995 study uh, by Augustine Kapasawa, whoever that is, <laughs> said, this was actually part of his testimony, concluded that non-whites appear to lose jobs to immigrants and their earnings are depressed by immigrants. A 1998 study of the New York era by Howell and Muller, and this is a different Muller, I believe, found that a 10 percentage point increase in the immigrant share of an occupation reduced wages of black men about 5 percentage points. Given the large immigrant share of the occupants, or the occupations they studied, this implies a significant impact on native-born blacks. So, Camarota's testimony, uh, this thing also, he also mentions how some research has even concluded that employers prefer Hispanic and Asian illegal and legal immigrants over African Americans. So, despite constant claims of, of labor shortages by big business lobby and, and, and corporate interest, Camarota's research found that the lack of wage growth for low-skilled American jobs and even a decline in wages almost certainly proves that there is not a shortage of low-skilled workers. In fact, it's quite the opposite. That came from his testimony in 2008, and it still rings true today. Nothing's changed about that. Immigration is, is probably more freely flowing than it was. So that was a fantastic point by the president. I'm glad he brought that out, and I hope people listen to that. It's um, it's hit or miss if people actually took that in, soak that in. But at least you put it out there, which is very important. But here's overall, when you look at Donald Trump's speech and you compare it, Compare it to the Democrats' response. Donald Trump won that battle. The battle of the speeches. Because Donald Trump, in the Oval Office, talked about the victims of illegal immigration. The Democrats Democrats talked about the government. Now, who does the average American care about more? The government, or do they care about the American people? Because the government in Washington, D.C., they're not affected by illegal immigration. Illegal immigrants aren't coming and uh, taking taking their seats in the House of Representatives. Illegal immigrants aren't uh, winning Senate seats, at least not yet. That'll be coming in about five or ten years. None of that's happening. So they're completely disconnected from it. They don't get it. They, they think that the universe revolves around the government. The government, they, they have a mentality that, that we use when we talk about why border security is so important and why we're for illegal immigration. I mean, we're for immigration, just not illegal immigration. And it's the argument of, we got to take care of ourselves if we want to take care of the rest of the world. Take care of yourself first. Well, surprisingly, Democrats have that same motto. Except they use it when talking about themselves versus the American people. 
well, we got to concern ourselves with the government and reopening the government before we can take care of you guys. Me, 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 me. It's all about the government. Me, 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 me. It's the way they look at this stuff. I'm not going to replay the president's speech here on the show. You can go back and watch it. It's about nine, I think nine and a half minutes long. But I do want to play part of the Democrats' response because it was uh, fairly short. Let me see. Let me look at the actual time on this. Uh, Well, it's five minutes long. So I'll just, uh, I'll play you the first portion of Nancy and Chuck. I guess y'all don't want to hear that through my... uh, through my microphone. I've actually got to plug that in. Go me, radio podcast professional here. Border security solutions. But the president is rejecting these bipartisan bills which would reopen government over his obsession with forcing American taxpayers to waste billions of dollars on an expensive and ineffective wall, a wall he always promised Mexico would pay for. The fact is... President Trump has chosen to hold hostage critical services for the health, safety, and well-being of the American people and withhold the paychecks of 800,000 innocent workers across the nation, many of them veterans. He promised to keep government shut down for months or years, no matter whom it hurts. That's just plain wrong. The fact is, we all agree we need to secure our borders while honoring our values. We can build the infrastructure and roads at our ports of entry. We can install new technology to scan cars and trucks for drugs coming into our nation. We can hire the personnel we need to facilitate trade and immigration at the border. We can fund more innovation to detect unauthorized crossings. The fact is, the women and children at the border are not a security threat. They are a humanitarian challenge, a challenge that President Trump's own cruel and counterproductive policies have only deepened. And the fact is, President Trump must stop holding the American people hostage. Does she not look, or does she not sound like a robot? (laughs) Because, you know, if she she doesn't have a teleprompter, she's all over the road. It's face spasms, it's it's stuttering, it's saying the wrong word, mispronouncing things. But now she is like a robot. I am Speaker of the House. Everyone crossing the border is women and children. Donald Trump holding American people hostage. Will self-destruct in five, four. That was hard to listen to. But the whole time, and Chuck Schumer comes up and speaks, and let me see if I can fast forward it to to his portion, because I want you to hear what he says. Um... Here's what Chuck Schumer said after Nancy Pelosi got done with her robotic speech. Thank you, Speaker Pelosi. My fellow Americans, we address you tonight for one reason only. The President of the United States, having failed to get Mexico to pay for his ineffective, unnecessary border wall. But we all Now, that is Chuck Schumer last night. This is Chuck Schumer in 2009. Now, just remember what he said. Let me replay it again, and then right after that, I'm going to play what he said in 2009. For one reason only. The President of the United States, having failed to get Mexico to pay for his ineffective, unnecessary border wall. That is Chuck Schumer. Last night, this is Chuck Schumer. 
in 2009. But we also need to set the record straight. The American people need to know that because of our efforts in Congress, our border is far more secure today than it was when we began debating comprehensive reform in 2005. Between 2005 and 2009, a vast amount of progress has been made on our borders and ports of entry. The progress includes 9,000 new Border Patrol field agents in the last four years, construction of a 630-mile border fence, or 630 miles of border fence, that create a significant barrier to illegal immigration on our southern land border. Whoa, what? What did he say? Hold on, let me try that one more time. Tonight, for one reason only, the President of the United States, having failed to get Mexico to pay for his ineffective, unnecessary border wall. Okay. But we also need to set the record straight. Uh-oh. The American people need to know that because of our efforts in Congress, our border is far more secure today oh, really? than it was when we began debating comprehensive reform in 2005. Okay. Between 2005 and 2009, a vast amount of progress has been made on our borders and ports of entry. That's the progress good. includes 9,000 new Border Patrol field agents mm -hmm. in the last four years, construction of a 630-mile border fence, or 630 miles of border fence, Holy that moly. create a significant barrier to illegal immigration on our southern land border. Wait, a barrier does work? I'm so confused right now. This is all a political ploy. It's political theater. It's all a ruse. It's all fake. <laughs> oh, man. And here's the thing. Democrats Democrats are not in the business of, of even answering the question. And, and reporters are not journalists. So they're not asking Chuck Schumer why all of a sudden he's changed his mind on this issue. They're not saying, you know, Chuck, back in 2000, and, and Chuck knows he said that. It's been all over the internet. But we don't have reporters with enough cojones to go up and ask Chuck Schumer why in 2009 he supported this and why now he does not. The only person with the gonads to bring it up has been Donald Trump. He brought it up last night during his speech. He brings it up almost every time he speaks to the press. So the press knows about it. Yet none of them asked Chuck or Nancy about that. Barack Obama said the same thing. Hillary Clinton said the same thing. So why are reporters not asking? Well, reporters aren't asking because they want to continue to fool the American people. You can't help but think to yourself when thinking about what people on the other side of this argument think about that. What, what's their response when you say, you know, Chuck Schumer, uh, Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton, they all supported and voted for a, a border a, a barrier. A border fence, more border security. So why don't why don't they why don't they support it now? The answer to that is the people on the other side of the argument don't even realize that they said those things. And that is the goal 
of these so-called journalists. Here's campus reform at American University asking kids on campus, or actually talking to kids on campus about Donald Trump and the border wall issue, then proceeding to read quotes from Chuck, Hillary, and Obama, pretending as if they're Donald Trump to see what their responses are. I'm Kevin Phillips with the Campus Reform. Today we're at American University in Washington, D.C., talking to students about President Trump's proposed border wall. And we're going to be reading them a few quotes from President Trump in defense of his wall. But the thing is, they're not actually President Trump quotes. They're actually quotes from Democrat leaders defending stricter border security. What will students say when they find out? Let's go have a look. There's a government shutdown going on right now. Yeah. President Trump saying he wants funding for his border wall. The Democrats saying we're not going to give as much funding as you want. What's your thought on his push for this wall? Um, I am not a fan. Everyone has a shared reaction to this. It's absolutely horrendous. I really don't see a need for it. Like, I don't think there should be a wall. The wall is a really unrealistic solution. I mean, there have been like many videos that have shown people easily crossing the wall that is supposed to like keep people out or whatever. Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait, this girl has seen videos of immigrants climbing over the wall that doesn't exist yet. That's impressive. That right there is very impressive. Make any sense? Okay. Isn't there pretty much already uh, fencing? I'm gonna read a few quotes here from President Trump talking about the need for the southern border wall. First quote, we should spend money to build a barrier to prevent illegal immigrants from coming in. That's Hillary Clinton right there. That's a quote from her. Another quote, we simply cannot allow people to pour into the U.S. undetected, undocumented, and unchecked. That's Obama. Illegal immigration is wrong, plain and simple. Until the American people are convinced we will stop future flows of illegal immigration, we'll make no progress. That's Chuck Schumer. Well, and I just lost my spot. Let's try this again. There, In a word, I'd say it's more jingoist. Way to go, Andrew. You lost it. What's your reaction to them? It's divisive. Um, I think America is a land of opportunity, a place for inclusion. I just really think it's a kind of hateful speech in general. It's just a negative message. Like all he, when he talks about like illegal immigrants, it's just one rude like to talk about people like that. It kind of underlies a lot of things about like discrimination and people and their prejudice, prejudices and things like that. So I feel like that stuff is touchy to talk about. There are racial biases kind of sort of deep embedded in there. In a word, I'd say it's more jingoist. Well, I think his demeanor it's overall is just unacceptable. I think just the way that he's referring to people across the wall is very dehumanizing. So rhetoric like that is not helpful? No, not at all. What if I told you these were from Chuck Schumer, Barack Obama, and Hillary Clinton? How about that? <laughs> <laughs> really? 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 Uh, 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 really? Oh, oh, I can't believe that. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, um... This is the part where she tries to come up with an excuse for why she said it was divisive. Yeah, Democrats and Republicans have said things about okay. border control. <laughs> That's interesting. I didn't think that. Well, obviously you didn't know that. <laughs> well, you know, it's obvious, you know. I knew that. I knew that both Republicans and, and uh, Democrats said that. Uh, that's, that's interesting. That would surprise me. <laughs> it's true. Well then, uh, do you, can you tell me uh, which ones they were respectively? That's a, <laughs> that guy's so confused. They're like, can you please explain that? That's a very good surprise, by the way. Um, if this were a Trump quote, I believe it would be a lot more um, 
maybe a lot less calculated. They, I don't know. They just they wouldn't say like say that. No, <laughs> that last dude's like, yeah, I'm 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 not surprised by that because um, you know the way they talked about the border security it was so elegant. If it were Trump, it would not have been as good. Well, they did. It's like the Democrats are so much better at uh, bashing illegal immigrants. Their demeanor is like the way they come off is like. I don't even know what to say. I'm not surprised. Why is that? Well, because, I mean, I mean, I guess I'm a little older than most of the college. I'm 20. I'm a graduate student. I'm 26. And so I remember. I'm a little bit older. I'm 26. You're right. Clinton's administration and what they did with immigration and what the Democrats' stance was then. Got it. (laughs) I'm 26. So I remember the Clinton era. Uh, Let me do my math real quick. Okay. 26. That would have had you born in, um, what would that be? Somebody do the math for me and tell me. Um, if I'm 33, So she would have been born like right at the beginning of the Clinton administration. So she was, she was, she remembers, she paid close attention from her birth until she was, Eight years old. Give me a break. You know, these people, these college kids, they're trying to act like they didn't get bamboozled, you know, because they're so they're so enlightened and they're so informed on what's going on in in Washington, D.C. and what's going on in politics. And when somebody catches them not having a clue what they're talking about, I totally know what's going on. It just shows the biasists. It shows that Republicans and Democrats both just don't get it. But the point of that is that reporters are getting their job done. They want to keep the American people uninformed as to what this is all about. They want to keep the American people uninformed about the fact that Democrats actually support what Trump's doing, but because he is Trump, are opposing it. And it's nothing more than that. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come back on the other side. More of Over the Line this January 9th, 2019. Don't go anywhere.
space is a war fighting domain just like the land the air and sea we have the army the navy the air force the space force uh, my new national strategy could be space force space space for space force space force space space for space force space force space space for space force We're doing a tremendous amount of work in space. I said, maybe we need a new force. We'll call it the Space Force. And I was not really serious. And then I said, what a great idea. Tremendous. Tremendous. Space Force, space, space, for space, force. Space Force, space, space, for space, force. Space Force, space, space, for space, force. putting chemicals in the water that turn the friggin' frogs gay. Do you understand that? Turn the friggin' frogs gay. Serious crap. Gay. Frogs friggin' frogs. It's not funny. I'm gonna say it real slow for you.
Over the line, over the line show.com. Make sure if you are not hooked up on our social media, go to the website. All of it is there, I believe, on the, the right side of the page. You've got uh, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, probably Instagram. I don't really know what all is up there, but you can get it all hooked up there. We post a lot of dank memes on the Facebook page. I don't even know what that means, but I hear people say that all the time. So I'm assuming my memes are dank. 646-668-2714. I mentioned uh, last hour that... Don Lemon and Chris Cuomo were doing their gay little handoff that they do in between shows. And it's it's the same thing Fox News does uh, between Ingram and Hannity or Tucker Carlson uh, and, and Hannity or however those shows are lined up. By the way, Tucker Carlson's lost another sponsor due to uh, the boycott. We'll talk about that as well if we got time today. Anyway, they're, they're doing this handoff, and uh, they are getting prepared for the president's speech, which is uh, about to ensue any moment as they're doing this. And they're talking about how awful it is that Donald Trump spreads these untruths. He says all these things that aren't true and and it's dangerous because some people will believe the things that the president says. So we should have some sort of delay where if he is saying an untruth, that we can edit it or censor it. Does that sound familiar to anybody? Anybody? Commie China, maybe? That's what these people want. They want to be able to censor free speech. They want to be able to take rights away, whether it's the Second Amendment, the First Amendment, whatever. And they want to structure this country into a communist, socialist utopia. And they disguise, they disguise their agenda by calling it democratic socialism. Venezuela, for instance, 60 years ago, was one of the uh, top economic powerhouses on the planet. And in 10 short years of democratic socialism, you see where they're at now. They're eating zoo animals. They're eating rat sandwiches. That's what democratic socialism will get you. And believe it or not, we live in a country right now where that is actually what some and a, a shockingly large portion of the American people want. Anyway, here's this handoff last night between, between uh, Don Lemon and Chris Cuomo. I know a lot of people are upset about it. I hear you. I read my Twitter feed. I get it. 
but I think it's the right thing to do, and it's also the right thing to do to check them, and that's what we'll do. Uh, uh, listen, I'm not saying that we shouldn't do it, but do you think there should be, I don't know, a delay of some sort, and then you can... Because people believe it. People when he says these things, it's like the, the kid that's trying to explain what he did wrong, and he's like, you know, looking down, rubbing his chew in the dirt. <laughs> This is what Don Lemon's got going on right now. Well, the president will say what he has to say. People will believe it, whether the facts are true or not. I guess that's a chance you take with any president. But this, yeah. one, this one is different. And then by the time the rebuttals come on, we've already promoted propaganda, possibly, and if, unless he gets up there and he tells the truth. He has his right to make the <clears> argument <throat> to the American people. And by the way, wanting barriers along the border is not propaganda. No, no, no. It's not immoral. The facts, it's not wrong. The facts about that, though, who wants it, and that's who where doesn't, our job how, much, comes in. how much it actually does protect. Like you said, it's not, it's not a panacea. It's not a cure-all. There are other aspects 100%. and other technologies that go along with that. 100%. And that's our job. I have no problem with this. I see no problem with this. I believe that fears... Wow. Wow. That's what... That's what these guys want. Now, Chris Cuomo, I'll give him credit. Chris Cuomo is is level-headed in the sense of trying to be fair. Now, is he fair? Is he accurate? Is he is he honest? No. But I feel like he strives to have some sort of integrity and tries to portray himself as someone who's not biased. It doesn't work. And whether he is doing that to 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 put on a, a show or whatever, that's that's one thing. I think deep down that's probably what it is. But if he actually believes it, I see he's trying and he tries to and maybe it's just him trying to offset Don Lemon. But Don Lemon, on the other hand, is completely out in left field, and he's at a point where he doesn't even care anymore. His hatred for Donald Trump allows him or forces him to get into the business of of doing the things that he, as a journalist, claims to hate so much. And that is censorship. That is keeping information away from the people, keeping opinions away from the people. It's crazy that we're at a point in this country where that's the mindset of people. It's just like the, the same people that, that follow people like Don Lemon, they were outside of the White House during the, the, uh, the address last night with these light up signs directly in front of the White House, right outside the gate that said, fake crisis, no wall. And for you watching the, uh, oops, sorry about that. For you watching the live video here, I'll show you. This is the photo last night from the White House. You see fake crisis, no wall. Fake crisis, think about that. Think about the fact that there are people being murdered, raped. There's There are immigrants being murdered and raped and abused and, and trafficked. And these people have the audacity to say it's a fake crisis. It doesn't exist. 
They've got their blinders on. They don't even care. And it's because of those journalists they feel that way. Another notorious one, Jim Acosta, as you know. Jim Acosta came out even before the the, the speech last night, the address, and said, hey, he was, Kellyanne Conway was outside of the, uh, outside of the White House, and he's like, can you assure us that the president will not lie tonight? What is that? What kind of question is that if you're supposed to be a journalist? Here's that exchange right here. Listen to this. Kellyanne Conway, Jim Acosta. Practical consideration. Can can you promise that the president will tell the truth tonight? Will he tell the truth? Yes, Jim, and can you promise that you will? I will. The whole truth and nothing but the truth to help you, God? Am I allowed to mention God to you? you Uh, Jim, I know that's a cheat. Make sure that goes viral. This is why, by the way, this is why I'm one of the only people around here who even gives you the time of day. Can you guarantee that? And let me just let me get back in your face because you're such a smart ass most of the time, and I know you want this to go viral. A lot of these people don't like you. But let me just be respectful to the media writ large, as I always am. I explained that that was alternative information and additional facts. And I explained it many times. And don't you put it back in my face for all the corrections that your network needs to issue. I was on your network 25 or 26 times in 2018. I'm one of the last people here who even bothered to go on. And the disrespect that you showed to me personally, I'll just look past. Ma'am, um, I, I no, no, just and don't call me ma'am to, to make it up. Tonight. That's I why, go ahead, please, ma'am. That is, <laughs> she even points out, and, and I guarantee you there's some truth to this. She says, that's why none of these people around here like you. Most of these people don't like you, talking about his colleagues. And I guarantee you she's telling the truth. She's got inside knowledge of that. She knows. And it's because Jim Acosta is not in the business of, of reporting news. Jim Acosta is in the business of running the running and producing the Jim Acosta show. He makes it all about him. And you know that's got to eat the rest of those reporters alive. Whether they've got integrity or not, they're at least out there thinking, we're all trying to do the same job. Why is Jimmy over there acting like uh, everything's about him? Why is, why is Acosta trying to find the next viral moment where he gets in a fight with Sarah Huckabee Sanders or Kellyanne Conway? They probably hate his guts. But Kellyanne Conway, she don't care. She'll wear him out. Wear him out, I say. That's good stuff. Anyway, I couldn't pass that one up. Before the uh, before the speech, that went down. Also, Hollywood having an absolute meltdown, uh, talking about there's no crisis, that's blatant propaganda. Uh, a few tweets from the elites in Hollywood. Rob Reiner, tonight the media will turn the oldest living democracy into a reality show by allowing a pathological liar to treat American citizens like suckers. There is no crisis at the border. All capital letters. Who else? Stephen Colbert. My network will be carrying Trump's wall speech live. So at 9 p.m. Tuesday, tune in to tune into CBS to see BS. <laughs> Sarah Silverman says, and yet they will. Every one of them air Trump's blatant propaganda tomorrow. They want ratings and integrity, and you can't have both. Not in this case. Nope. She's responding to the fact that 
um, the networks finally decided that they will carry the speech when there was a large question looming if they would in fact do so. Who else? Bette Midler. Networks are debating on whether to air Trump's live Oval Office speech on Tuesday night only if they have the technology for an instant BS to English translation. Chelsea Handler, please do not put this man on air. We have given him his power by bathing his, uh, his, his ego every day. Stop helping him. Who else? Patricia Arquette with a very communist idea like Don Lemon. Delay it so you have time to fact check it. It is irresponsible to do so. To do so otherwise. Um, yeah. So who's doing the fact checking? The Democrats? Patricia Arquette, maybe? Uh, who else we got? Uh, nah, that's about it. I don't even recognize the rest of these names. You would think after reading all these people's tweets for so long, I would recognize some of these people, but I don't. Then after the speech... Hollywood comes back on Twitter and attacks Trump, saying it was Hitlerian rhetoric and nobody slurs lies better than Trump. You've got, uh, let's see, Sarah Silverman. I'm not watching. How's the stunted reading and nose breathing? Michael Moore says Trump live now railing against immigrants while sitting beside the photo of his immigrant mother. Shame. Rose McGowan. Trump was grooming hard tonight. Hitlerian rhetoric. Wake up. Fight back or sit down. Democrats. Who else? Who else? Uh, Share. This is a good one right here. Share tweets. Trump had two years to lie wolf. All branches of government and total corrupt power. There was his crisis. Where was his crisis then? What humanitarian crisis is he speaking of? The one where he ripped babies from mom's arms and chained them? Or where his administration killed two seven-year-olds? He has no heart. His administration killed two seven-year-olds. Cher's tweets uh, are bothersome. In the sense of somebody needs to check on her because she is not well. I actually, I've got, uh, somebody had me follow this person and this is a real thing. And we've talked about it on the radio show before. Uh, a thing called TI, which is targeted individuals. And I encourage y'all, if y'all don't know anything about it, go watch a documentary on YouTube about it or something. Uh, targeted individuals who think they are being tracked and controlled by the government with like a chip in their brain or some kind of, uh, you know, some kind of brain waves or something like that. And this guy that I followed, he is one of those people. And unfortunately, it's put him in a situation where he's homeless. and all, He's just he's blatantly crazy. OK. And when I read his Facebook post, it sounds just like shares. So I think Cher is a targeted individual. I think she's a T.I. And somebody needs to go to her house and check on her. Because she's got real problems. Or maybe she just doesn't know how to use Twitter. It's one of the two. 
but I would still suggest somebody go and uh, and check on her. So that's uh, that's pretty much what we got on the wall stuff. If anything else breaks, we'll bring it to you. When I come back on the other side, uh, this Rashida Tlaib, Representative Rashida Tlaib, that called Trump an mf'er. She has um, she has responded to the criticism from her Democrat colleagues for her comments. And I will let you know and play the audio of what she said about that when we get back. Over the Line Show, overthelineshow.com. Make sure you hook it up. When you go to the webpage, scroll to the bottom, sign up for the newsletter where we can keep in touch with you about when, where, and what we will be doing. Y'all hang tight. build a great, great wall on our southern border, and I will have Mexico pay for that wall.
just got 10 feet taller. some bad hombres here and we're gonna get them out. No taxes from our jobs. The money will accrue Instead of NGOs, we send it home with Western Union. I would build a great wall, but nobody builds walls better than me, believe me. The over the line right now uh, on Capitol Hill, Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer. And I didn't know they were going to do this, but right now they have uh, a stage set up where they're bringing on federal employees to talk about how they're affected by the government shutdown in an attempt to, again, make it all about the government and not the safety of the American people. That going on right now on Capitol Hill. Let me bring you just a little bit of that so you can see the latest tactic from the dirty Democrats. Federal public employees are veterans. Our veterans are very adversely affected by this. If we want to support our veterans, we will not hurt their credit rating. And that's what missing a mortgage, a rental payment, a car payment, and the rest does to everyone's credit rating. As far as credit ratings are concerned, the credit rating of the United States of America will be effective if this goes on as the president says he's willing to let it go for months or years. How irresponsible in that regard. But if you're going to negotiate, it's really important to stipulate to a set of facts. 
And what the president said last night was not factual. It was not factual. We all want to uh, uh, evaluate what uh, the threat is at the border. Uh, we all are committed to strong border security. We have suggested ways to do that, whether it's technology of scanning of cars, tech, other technology, whether it's uh, roads and infrastructure at our ports of entry and the rest. There's a path here, but it is not one that the administration wants to take. They seem to have a disrespect for the role of governance in our country and therefore for the people who implement uh, the uh, make the services available to people. So this is a problem. And so if the president is just going to go on and on about a mischaracterization, now we don't want to underestimate any challenge to our security. Don't get me wrong, we're all committed to border security. Right. But he's going to mi misrepresent the nature of, of that challenge, uh, then we have to say to him, Mr. President, the evidence does not support the threat that you are describing. With that, any questions? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. This goes on, continues to go on, with no end in sight. Will there ever reach a point where you have to negotiate the middle ground on money or the border wall and the border security with this question? The, uh, we have been negotiating. The White House seems to move the goalpost every time they come with a proposal. They walk away from it. Pretty soon, these goalposts won't even be in the stadium. So what we want to say to them, if, if we can come to some agreement, we want it in writing so the public can see it, so, the, so it doesn't change. But it's much harder to achieve a good negotiation while the government shut down. The first order of business will continue to negotiate the first order of business, open up the government. You heard these people, right? Yes. yes. Open up the yes. government. Open it up. Are you open the middle ground? Next question. We are seeing a growing number of Republicans saying that they do support your plan to reopen the government. Do you think you can get enough members from the other side of the aisle to force the Republicans' hand to act on this? Well. <laughs> The president has uh, obviously, uh, and I thank you for that question because it really some of the, res the responsibility, of course, is on the president who just has an obsession with this wall. But it's on the Republicans in Congress as well. They know full well uh, that we have to open up government and we have to do so as soon as possible. And yet they're walking away from their own legislation. This is legislation that passed in the Senate, 92 to nothing on the floor, and unanimously in committee. So we just, we didn't come up with our own idea in terms of negotiating. We took their idea and said, again, take yes, uh, take yes for an answer. And let me say this, uh, every Republican voted in the Senate to keep the government open. When Leader McConnell put the, uh, I guess, 30-day extension it's a little more than 30 days, but the extension on the floor. And so as Leader Pelosi said, we've tried to make it easy for them. The, of the six bills that Leader Pelosi and the House passed, four passed the floor 92 to six, so a vast majority of Republicans voted for them. The two that didn't pass committee unanimously, Leader McConnell voted for all of them. So we're not, we're trying to make it as easy as possible for our Republican friends to join us in opening up the government. Speaks of Pelosi, the president has said that he thinks that federal workers are on his side. So I'm wondering 
This is another example of the president being almost delusionary about what it is. And he says that to us. Oh, the workers are calling me saying, I'll stay out without a paycheck as long as it takes. And that's like, well, who? give us names. Name names. But the, the, the fact is it's not right. The federal workers are as much for President Trump's position on shutdown and the wall as the four past presidents were. Thank you. So what you had there was uh, Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer on a stage with approximately uh, 20 at the most, 20 people standing behind them. And uh, they say that these people are federal workers and they are all adamantly against Donald Trump. I mean, very against Donald Trump because they, when they brought up the border wall, they laughed. Okay, they they laughed at it like it it was some big joke, and they're mocking Donald Trump because Trump says, "Hey, he's talking to to federal workers that say, hey, we want this wall built. Do what you got to do.'" Which I believe those people are out there, but the way that those people behind Pelosi and Schumer conducted themselves really seemed a little suspicious. Not saying they're not federal workers, but they were obviously really big fans of Chuck and Nancy, and they were big haters of the president. So just another stunt from Chuck and Nancy playing on the emotions of the American people and making it all about the government and not about the victims of illegal immigration. We've got one person watching the live video that says her husband's home due to the partial shutdown. He's not able to work, and they 100% support the wall. They 100% support the president and what he's doing. So Chuck and Nancy, you're not fooling anybody. Go ahead and take it on back to the house. Get ready for the wall. It's coming, baby. Plenty more on that front tomorrow. I know I had a lot of stuff on to talk about. I'll give you that new representative to leave her response to her Democrat colleagues, uh, or her colleagues actually agreed with her, her critics of Colin Trump and MFR. We'll give you that. Tomorrow's edition of... Over the line, overthelineshow.com should have Andrew Pollock, Parkland Parent. Uh, as you've heard on with us before, he should be calling us as well. We're going to discuss some, some gun issues with him and uh, plenty more. It'll be exciting as it always is, I am sure. I'm Andrew McLean. This is Over the Line. Again, overthelineshow.com. Don't forget to hook it up. We'll post this episode here in just a few moments for your listening pleasure until tomorrow see you cuz <laughs>